2: This is the Bloody
0: Disgusting Podcast Network. Screams of pure terror will be torn from your throat when you
1: see... Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey, I'm
3: Leo. I'm Lauren, and I'm Trevor, and welcome home to your boot Crew episode 405, the most sporadically released horror podcast out there.
4: <laughs> it <laughs> feels so like bad, it. Hells, yeah. It's so bad. It's October.
3: Yeah, it's been busy season for all of us.
4: Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah,
3: and I, we're really truly sorry.
4: I apologize.
3: Yeah, but well, we're gonna make it up. This week because this is going to be one of two episodes actually released this week.
4: So we're going to make up for our crappy behavior last week. Yeah and pay back
3: this week. There you go. So Joe Lynch is supposed to drop by unless unless he shows up and then like leaves which has happened before with some guests in the past. <laughs> yeah. I guess we creep them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have a good feeling about Joe Lynch though and he's coming to talk about his movie Suitable Flesh that's out later this week that uh, we are indulging in as we speak. Getting ready for the chat so looking forward to that. That should be good. I've always wanted to talk to Joe Lynch. I know.
4: You talk about this yeah,
3: a lot. Him and Adam Green on the... Um, yeah, uh, the movie crypt podcast been going on for a long time, and it's been uh, one of those one of those guests. You know, you write down when you start something like this all the people you want to talk to one day. He's on the list.
4: You know who's also on that list? Who? Ryan Gosling.
3: One day, maybe. Leo, you ever seen that guy he's... hanging around Eagle Rock? Is he is he out there ever? Oh yeah, because Leo's no, just sure. watching for him. Well, are you? Leo, you got a Gosling story? <laughs> No, but but he
2: used to hang out here a lot when he was with his band.
3: Oh yeah, Dead Man's Bones.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure because they either had some connection to this place, aside to the, um, what is it, the 20th Century Women's Club where they performed. So either they rehearsed in Eagle Rock, or somebody lived here, or he used to live here, or something.
3: You know what's funny is like every Halloween. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, there's a little delay on our on our microphone. So uh, Leo's actually not in the studio with us. He's on like IPDTL, which is like a magical internet connection of audio. But yeah, the Dead Man's Bones. Every Halloween, I notice that more and more people like dis- like there's a rush of people discovering. Dead Man's Bones, there's always a lot of people just finding out about them. And if you're listening, if you don't know Dead Man's Bones, wow, you're in for a treat. So Ryan Gosling and a friend of our Zach Shields got together. A few years back, I think around 2009 ish, when that debut album came out. Also, the year our daughter was born. Also, the year "Drag Me to Hell" and "Jennifer's Body" were both released. Two of some of the greatest movies ever made. And it's a it's a Halloween band. It's a Halloween horror band. It's kind of like the Arcade Fire backed by a children's choir. That's a good right. That would be a good yeah. And it's incredible. It's it's the best Halloween album possibly you could listen to and ryan gosling and, and zach are tremendous songwriters and, and singers and yeah go find it it's everywhere and and their videos are great too look them up on youtube but yeah some people a lot of people just discover this every halloween it seems which is really interesting but because uh, it's damn good music what else did i want to talk about today uh, there's absolutely no prep in this interview uh, episodes so is going to be all over the place we're just kind of free balling it tonight Lauren and I went to see this uh, event locally here in L.A. called Angel of Light. Leo, you were supposed to go, but couldn't make it.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, couldn't, man.
3: It so was I heard a, good things about it. It was a good time, man. It was so, it so, was so fun. Yeah. So that took place in uh, part of downtown L.A. on a street called Broadway, which is where all the historic theaters were built way back in the early, early 1900s going into the 30s. And these places are like constructed like the most elaborate churches to cinema that you've ever seen. You walk in these places there's stone angels on the ceilings, there's wood carving, elaborate wood carving and mural work everywhere. They're they're gorgeous. I don't I don't even know how they could actually build something like this nowadays. It would be so impossibly expensive. What they did was they took over this theater called the Los Angeles Theater, and that was built in I think it was nineteen thirty one. And it used to yeah, just be in this old movie palace. So this theater company took it over, and there's this a walkthrough immersive experience that's on right now. And if you're listening to this in L.A., it closes uh, on Halloween. That's the last time you can do it. And I actually don't think like the story takes place in the 30s that they're that they put on. And what I've heard is that next year there might be another one, but they're going to push the era up to the 50s and then the 70s. So this is part of like a, a larger story arc. So if you if the 1930s are your jam. Get out there and see this because it is, for me, a fan of old architecture and historic theaters and just the era in the 1930s on their own. It is incredible. They did such a good job. It's it's a lot of performance art. It's kind of surreal imagery and everything. It's not like a I little mean, bit. You're there for a reason to see this singer. Right. And she's like this 1930s star, but there's weird, like, demonic and satanic stuff going on. Like, the poster that's there says, like, Songs of the Morning Star, sung by Rhoda Preston. And this is these old vaudeville posters that they made. It feels like you're in the 1930s when you walk in this place.
4: Yeah, it's crazy to think that this was, like... An operating theater It's it's
3: so beautiful It's
4: way too pretty And it's big And then there's Moments where It gets like Really hot And you're like Wow You can smell How old it is Yeah
3: And the reason It gets really hot Is there's no AC In these old buildings Right Yeah (laughs) Yeah. But yeah There's like Zombie cigarette girls And nuns With upside down Crosses on their foreheads And oh my god Like corpse paint It, It is the most Like Demonic thing I've probably ever done. It's so evil and sinister, the storyline. It was just an amazing night. Like an hour about, I would say. And it has this huge climax that you have to see to believe. And I don't want to, we don't want to spoil that for you. It's kind of the centerpiece of the whole thing. But wow. Such a unique and extraordinary experience right here in downtown LA.
4: And and they were really nice because I'm like super claustrophobic. And there was a part where they adjusted it so i wouldn't be
3: claustrophobic oh yeah they you know those those uh leo you've seen in some of the haunted houses those airbag
4: hallways oh, yeah, that is. they
3: do yeah like kind of claustrophobia claustrophobic hallways or whatever they call it. i don't know what they call them but lauren cannot go claustrophobic
4: them. hallways that's exactly what they're called really i don't know
3: oh, okay <laughs> <laughs>
4: it sounds sounds right so
3: yeah i was just gonna go ahead without you but then i was like wait (laughs) i wanted to go see
2: were there like many rooms of interactive experiences or just like one main room
3: that's a good question because i would think like where are they gonna what are they gonna do like how elaborate can this thing be there was like we were going through catacombs at some point there's people hiding in the catacombs and different windows and these old stone caves like it was like where 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 are we like is this all inside this theater it was crazy
4: yeah it was like did they build this specifically for this event but it
3: felt old right
4: yeah which is weird.
3: And like at one point you're walking down a hallway and there's all these different rooms. And if you decide to go and look inside the rooms, there's different whole scenes happening in these little rooms off to the side of the hallway that if you don't go up and explore, you're going to miss. And it is the most surreal stuff that you've ever seen. Yeah. It was just so, such a such a damn good time. And the thing is, though, this was not downtown L.A., really close to an area called Skid Row which has a, a really large homeless population. And that's actually, bring it back to Mr. Gosling, Ryan Gosling lived down there around the time of the Dead Man's Bones project, around two, 2007 to 2009. And it was just, he apparently liked living down there because it, it, the people were more honest and real down there than anywhere else.
4: And he was making sub sandwiches after he
3: started in the notebook. Yeah, he worked at a convenience store down there making sandwiches. Was this after
4: the movie was released
3: or just oh yeah after? no like 2000 2007 notebook so was out for a long time like,
4: no uh, I want like a turkey
3: yeah sub. yeah apparently he did great turkey sub damn it was uh, he was uh, nominated for an nope. Oscar then he was like uh, half Nelson was just out and he was nominated for an Oscar
2: you know what you know what's wild is when I was a kid I actually got to go watch movies in some of those theaters because when I was a kid that area was not Skid Row those some of those theaters were still functioning you know Oh wow! The like million dollar—I don't remember which one it was, which which theater it was, but I remember watching the movie. I don't know if you remember that anthology movie called Nightmare.
3: I know that what the name. Nightmares. The name sounds familiar. What? What? What era? Like the eighties?
2: Um. Yeah, it had it in the eighties. Okay. It had like um a few like you know anthology movies attached. So you know, one of them was called like Night of the Rat. I don't remember the other ones. I remember being scared, man, because in the theater, like before the movie starts, it was dimly lit, right? And it looked like it had flickering candles, you know, Uh, like for, you know, for lights. But there were gargoyles holding the candles, like looking down on you. These huge, huge gargoyles inside the theater. And I remember thinking, that's scary, man. (laughs) And then the movie started and it was, the movie was fucking scary because, you know, I was too young to watch it, you know. But I remember that era of watching movies down there. Because it cost nothing to take the bus downtown. It was like literally one bus from my old neighborhood all the way downtown. And the the movie was like a dollar, two dollars maybe at most. So like, you know, when it was super hot, you go for double feature and just spend four or six hours in the theater, you know?
3: That is so cool. uh, Yeah. A lot of those places now seem to be mostly rented out for events and things.
2: Yeah. and And it's a bummer because I don't remember who was running for mayor that propose like the rejuvenation of all those theaters, like bring them all back to life Mm -hmm. for movies and performances and theaters and all that, you know, I don't remember who it was, but they had a really cool plan. They had like these cable cars going down the middle of of, of whatever Broadway, whatever it was.
3: Oh, that's cool. And
2: then all of a sudden it's like, no, everybody everybody forgot about it. And I understand it. Pandemic happened. Homelessness quadrupled, you know, whatever. And, So I'm sure it's on the back burner, but there is a plan to to reopen all those
3: theaters. That would be astonishing because it's there's really nothing else like it. How many how many of those classic theaters are down there? And oh, right across from where we are, we were at the L.A. Theater is uh, the Palace Theater where the the opening shot of Thriller where they go to the movie theater. That's that's the palace. So that's sitting there and it looks like, yeah, it just looked shuttered. And, you know, inside it's like freaking gorgeous. Of course. Yeah, it's that's an astonishing era. And then uh, Clifton's Cafeteria down there, too. That place opened up, I think, shortly before the pandemic. It had gone through this thing where it had closed for a while and then opened up and they opened up the cafeteria part. And then right when the pandemic happened, I think it all shuttered down again. And there's there's been steps to to reopen as far as I know. But, yeah, our experience going to there like this place is a multi-story Cafeteria also built way back then around the 30s, but it was uh, kind of designed to that you didn't like homeless people and anyone who was down on their luck didn't have to necessarily pay for meals to eat there and the people who opened it up it wasn't necessarily just open to make money it was open because it was something they wanted to do and a service they wanted to give the community more than anything and it ended up attracting people like Ray Bradbury would eat there and Walt Disney and apparently Walt Disney was inspired for Disneyland by the unique architecture and the different things that were going on and the look and feel of that place inside I mean there's like giant redwood trees in the middle of this cafeteria and different themed rooms and art installations, and it, it was fascinating to be to be there and to get a chance to do that before the pandemic. But yeah, I, I hope they bring that thing back because what an experience that whole area of the city is! It's really really something else.
4: Okay, explain to me what happened. Everett tells me to order this ghost face mask. Okay, I'm. At Party City, he wants the different version. He's like, you have 14 minutes to order it, order it now, and then I order it. When did you get into this mix? Like, why would he...
3: He showed me on on his iPad and he said, we have eight minutes to order this. I told mom about it. She said, we'll look at it when she gets home. He's like, there's eight minutes, it's $14. And I said, okay, just order it. I said, is that mom's Amazon page? He's like, yep. So he clicked it and ordered it. That's it. That's it.
4: So next time... What are we going to do differently? Because now we've both ordered it, and I tried to stop it, and they wouldn't stop the shipping. So now we have two.
3: Well, he says I'm going to be a ghost face with him.
4: Come on. You hate dressing up. (laughs) You're not going to wear it. If he
3: wants me to wear it, I'll wear it. photo op.
2: You got to get him the uh, scary movie ghost face one where he's high. Yeah.
3: With yeah. so his tongue hanging out I or whatever. Should... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got like the distressed one. Yes. That's his thing. No, he's all... They wouldn't let you take it back, but it's like been like a couple hours. And... It... is it already here it's outside right now it's probably out there Uh, I'm sorry about that I didn't know
4: it's okay it's not your fault but he's such a scammer that like we need to be on the same page if you have a kid that's a scammer you can relate to us we total scammer (laughs) kid
3: should we talk about movies I mean there's so much there's so many different movies coming out and I mean it's just it's the Halloween season it's an explosion of horror right it really is
2: I've been keeping it really mainstream very mainstream and I've only been watching programming on AMC Scream Fest. Because I wanted, I wanted to see what are they going to do with VHS, Halloween, Friday the 13, Chucky, e, Final Destination. Like, all these franchises. I wanted to see what were they going to do with them. Because, you know, every year it's like, you know, Lucy trying to kick that football. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlie Brown, you know.
3: Yeah, coach, we watched that the other day.
2: Yeah. It's every year. It's like, oh, cool, you got Halloween. Great, Halloween. And then it's like, Halloween 4. And it's Halloween 8, or whatever, H2O. And I'm like, where's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you know? So for the first year that I can remember ever, they actually have all the Halloween movies, plus Rob Zombie's two Halloween movies. And they showed them in every permutation you could think of. They showed them one through H2O, Resurrection, and then... Uh, rob zombies and then they showed him backwards oh my god then, yeah it's 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 silly but i was like wow finally man um this year however friday the is lacking because they only have like the platinum dunes remake of friday the 13th and then it jumps to um jason goes to hell the final friday and then it jumps to jason x you know so i'm like okay that's lacking uh probably couldn't get the rights to to the original series you know I, i'm not sure i don't know what the story is But it's been fun, especially like Final Destination. They would show those in order. And then it's like, you you can't help but watch, you know, even even though it's edited for content and whatever, commercials, whatever, you know, it's still fun to watch because that's how I watched them as a kid. Right. That's how I I was exposed to the slashers. You know, it's like um, it was like October, like Fright Week or whatever on KCOP Channel 13. And it would be like. Halloween, and the next day, uh, Friday the 13th, and The Exorcist, you know, different movies, you know? So it kind of brought back all that nostalgia, and, you know, it was fun just to revisit a lot of these movies and series, especially, um, like, The Final Destination, and just sitting there thinking, what would Devin Sawa do?
3: <laughs> 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 you know? uh, Luckily, we've been, we've uh, actually been spending some a little bit of time with Devon Sawa, actually, here I at the, know, that's at why, the studio. That's why,
2: that's why I joke about it.
3: He did a guest appearance a... on our, our uh, fiction podcast. Yeah, the Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings, which you can go check out. And yeah, he did a, a couple narration and actor spots that uh, I will say as a big fan of Final Destination and Idle Hands and all things Devin. Yeah, it was, it was very cool to see exciting. him do his thing. Yeah, yeah, right across from me. It was very cool. Have you been checking anything out, Lauren, on your own? <laughs> you're always watching stuff when you're working out out in the... Yeah, the room, I there. just...
4: I'm watching like classic movies like The Birds. Yeah,
3: you always have the birds
4: on. I love the birds. I don't know something That's about cool. it. I like, I don't know, 50s, 60s horror.
3: Like you like to have those on in the background, I yeah. know. Yeah. What is it about? It? Is this just like, was that what you were watching as a kid?
4: I did watch those. Those are what was on TV right. when I was a kid. Like I remember being at my aunt's house or. You know, and the TV would be on in the background, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" And so, I guess it's just like comfort movies. Like I know what's going to happen, and like I can do stuff and watch it and like tune in, tune out, tune in. Um, I never want to like watch something new while I'm doing something because I can't pay
3: like attention to.
4: Yeah, but like Carrie and just like Pet Cemetery. Just
3: the bad seed.
4: The bad seed. Psycho.
3: Great movies. Yeah, a lot of those. They got. I mean, the black and white has a warmth to it, and then also those all those like transatlantic accents and stuff. Right. Yeah. Then it's, it's very lulling. It's very different.
4: It is. I maybe that's what I like about those films. Is I, I like the
3: dialogue. Yeah, there's a warmth to it that that is very of that era that hasn't it hasn't really been replicated
4: yeah because I'm right? just like who talks like that yeah. and I'm like wow that's kind of cool and it's kind of poetic and you know there's just these looks that they give each other in the birds the two main sure. female characters and they don't even have to say anything you can just tell by the expression on their face whether they're upset I just I love I even love the story without the bird part. Hmm. As weird as that may sound.
3: It's like a whole different kind of acting in that era, too, right?
2: Yeah. I believe that movie's getting a 4K restore, re release, either in theaters or
3: something. Yeah, that one's on heavy rotation over here.
2: Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's getting a a restore.
4: It's also something like I can watch when the kids are around because there's like, sometimes I always want to have horror on although we've been pushing the line a lot recently i let everett and jade watch a little bit of it in chapter one because they really want to like everett can pretty much like his first slasher was hush and I think that was a great one for him to start with. And so I feel like now that he's seen Hush, he can see a,
3: a lot more. Well, he went Hush, at, He went Hush, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Right. And then Evil Dead Rise. Yes. Which... And now he's on Scream, Scream 6, right? We took him to Scream 6. Did he go with us to Scream 6? Yes, he did. He did, yeah. Yeah, so now he's into Scream, like hardcore. He wants to see the first one, and he's, like, chasing the whole
4: no, thing. No, he cannot see the first one,
3: but that's... Why can't he see the first one? He watched the six, but not the first one? Like, too much, like, yeah. sexual content. Oh, uh, okay. Like... Yeah, because you recently rewatched those with Scarlett too. Yeah. And noticed, pardon me, things about it, too, that you were like, oh, I don't know if she's old enough to
4: after our trip to spencer's gifts you know
3: no oh, like, wow that was a trip <laughs> so yeah you want to say, yeah their I, kids are freaking out
4: i didn't realize how much like sexual content oh, yeah. is in spencer's until you take four kids who can read <laughs> and then you're like it was whoa so
2: funny. it was so funny
4: and like our 8 year old's like i want this shirt and it's like I love hot dads or something. Yeah, else. I love hot dads. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: what the hell? Yeah, train them young.
3: Yeah, it was so funny. Spencer's is awesome, <laughs> though, man. It's such a yeah, trip. Yeah, it is great. It I think is we great. spent like $200 at Spencer's, like, oh, Dave, put this in there. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Put it on that's the credit crazy. card. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, and Spencer's has all that bloody disgusting stuff there now. Yes,
4: that's why we're there. It was really cool to see that line. In a store,
3: yeah, T-shirts and all that there's, stuff. There's disgusting there's one,
2: merch. Yeah, it's one shirt that stood out to me. that I really enjoyed was the Exorcist shirt. Yeah, which I think um, it says something like in the back, like "Still the scariest movie ever made." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should get, get that for
4: Scarlet god. Yeah, I, 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 actually bought that one. <laughs> that was the one that I bought on. That's cool. When we went, yeah, that was. You're one failure of a teen that
2: does not like that movie.
3: Right. Oh my god, ah, she'll come around.
4: But, you know, what's interesting is her generation is into the new Exorcist. They're yes. all like, it's so good. It's so scary. She hasn't seen it. So I'm interested to see what she would think of this newest version.
3: But yeah, you're right. Like amidst the there, there was a backlash against it from an older audience, but kids of her generation really embraced it. And That's everyone on her social media feeds talking about how amazing it is. And she wanted to see it. And they're all excited about it. It's just, it's interesting, right?
4: I don't know. I, I wonder if we
3: watch the same movie. I don't know. It speaks Maybe it speaks to them in a different right. wavelength, you know?
4: That yeah. just worries me about the future of horror. These are the kids that are going to be making horror. Is that mean? <laughs> That's probably mean. <laughs> That's not mean.
2: It's you know your opinion. Explaining? It's okay. Um, because I, I just... you, you mentioned Scream, um, Christopher Landon's doing the next Scream movie, right? Oh yes!
3: Thank God. Oh man,
2: he's gonna just—he's gonna do wonderful so, things. I—I I wonder if he's gonna course correct the problem with the Scream movies. Can you guess what the problem is? No. The, like let's say the last two three.
3: What is there a like, continuity? The last... Is there a continuity issue that you've noticed?
2: Well, okay, like let's say the last two movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three possible Ghostface killer killers right
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's like there's not one there's not two but there's three right and if you watch the movie each one of them gets beat the shit out of you know they get stuff thrown at them hit in the head you know it's you know thrown stabbed and it's like when you're see- when you're watching the movie when they're out of costume and they're playing like oh i'm your best friend like you know it's not me you know whatever it's like there's no bruises there's no cuts nobody got stabbed like they're walking fine and then all of a sudden it's like they get beat up again and then it's not until the, till the big reveal off the end where it's like surprise there's three of them. right us. so their phys- <laughs> yeah. physical you
3: know? the physical continuity yeah. doesn't match up within, yeah. the, within the world
2: yeah yeah so i'm like, so I'm like where are the bruises where's the stab wounds how come the, how come? No, you know how come nobody's like hey where'd you get that bruise on your head oh i got drunk and i felt you know whatever like that would be a, that would be a good like oh maybe it's her maybe it's him right
3: and it's a, right movie. and play with that yeah it's a, yeah the scream yeah. logic you know exists on its own its own parallels well I know Christopher so, Landon you were you've been watching the Happy Death Day movies I guess noticed I too ha- I have Is it I,
4: great. It's
3: so good oh man those Happy Death Day movies are so freaking good
4: yeah those are great. I hadn't watched the first one in a long time, and I was like,
3: yes. He's got such a unique energy about everything that he does. I'm so excited. I, I think, yeah, he's going to bring something really interesting to the, to the Scream franchise for sure. I'm so excited about that.
1: The Boo Crew will be right. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. amber hot and icy cold.
0: Screams of pure terror will be torn from your throat when you see the most fearsome females in horror history together on the same show in the double evil shock hits. Twins of evil and hands of the ripper. Twins of evil they were, one who used her beauty for love and one who used her lure for blood. But which twin was the victim? And which was the vampire? A whole town becomes the prey of the diabolical daughters of the devil in Twins of Evil. Hands of the Ripper reach out and gory terror stalks the streets. The hands of Jack the Ripper live again as his fiendish daughter kills again. And again. And again. Twins of Evil and Hands of the Ripper. Twice the spine-chilling, heart-stopping terror. From Universal, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents.
2: Scott watched, uh, you know, Freddy Alvarez's version of Aliens. That uh, oh,
3: he saw it. Really, <gasps> <next year>. he <gasps> saw it.
2: Bastard. What are he they says, saying? He says it's. He said it's really Scott himself. You know, who's the Godfather of Alien. He he said it was amazing. said oh. like, this is amazing.
3: Is that is that coming? Think, at, is know, that supposed to be out Christmas time this year? No, I thought it was next year. Is it?
2: It's next year. I okay. don't know when though. I don't but think Christmas. But yes, um is um, huh? it, it Rolo Aguiz and uh, Ted Alvarez
3: yes right?
2: that's right yeah I think they co-wrote it and then Betty directed it and you know him man he's not he's not, he's not shy with uh with the scary bloody guts. He's so not, he's not shy with too. anything, yeah. period. <laughs> anything,
3: Everything yeah. he does is like, <laughs> turn it up to 11, yeah. man.
4: Scarlett was saying that, like, she really traumatized her friends with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, at first, oh, I no. forgot that that's the one she was talking about. Like, the newest one.
3: Mm, yeah, well, that's, I think, the only one she's seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: and then I was like... Oh,
3: Jessica Biel no 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 the, the 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 latest one that Fetty did or Fetty produced in um, oh Blue yes Blue Garcia yes. yes yeah he directed yeah
4: that one she did at a movie night for a bunch of like girls that don't like horror which I was, <laughs>
3: yeah they never seen a lot of them oh, haven't horror. seen horror before
4: it's a little cruel but I think it was funny but yeah they they talk about how traumatized they were by that experience and at first when she said this to me i was like what are you talking about like you don't even like most of texas chainsaw massacre you make up in your head and she was like no that, that one scene in the bus and i was like the bus
3: Dude, that's the best scene in the movie. I love that scene. And then I was like where there's actual massacre happening. Yes. And and I was
4: like, okay, that's the one you were (laughs) talking. I totally forgot.
3: Right, right. Yeah. I wanted to talk about VHS 85. Leo, did you did you manage to catch it?
2: I have not seen it yet, no.
3: Dude, it is so freaking good. good. It is really good. It might be one of my favorites. In the, in the franchise, I gotta say. Every time a new one comes out, I, like, the someone before, practically. But then I have, I have classic favorites in each uh, entry in it this franchise. Be,
2: no, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Every, every, every movie has, I have, a, I have at least a, one or two, like, solid favorites in each one, you know?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's introduced me to a lot of filmmakers, too, through, through VHS. Yeah, this one it takes place in 1985. Does yes. it wrap around? such a cool wraparound. It's it's set up like a documentary, like you're watching like um a sixty minutes documentary, and it's laced through the entire Experience So it basically set up as is, is someone's watching a videotape and kind of fast forwarding through it. And this documentary right. is kind of in between things, you know, like uh, that would happen to me all the time when I was like can you tape over something. And, and so, yeah, someone obviously taped over this documentary. That's the premise. And they're fast forwarding and finding all these other all these other shorts and things. And, yeah, the wraparound is so, so good. And then Mike P. Nelson, who we had on the show, who did the latest Wrong Turn movie. He did No Wake, the one in the RV when they go to the lake. I that one was crazy. It was was awesome, and it the interesting thing about that is it it continues throughout the movie too. So that like some of these things, a lot of the things in this movie you go and revisit too. It must have been
4: really well thought out and planned. Like we're gonna do this. They, they must have like met as a group and been like, okay, I'm gonna do this and this
3: because yeah there is some intersecting going on yeah gg salguero is on this with god of death and natasha kermani does this really cool vr soft like vr in the 80s trying to summon like a techno god as a performance art art piece it was so astonishingly disgusting and who else scott derrickson did dream kill and he brought uh james ranson from it chapter two and the black phone and sinister you've seen him oh, and cool. is that All the guy stuff. that
4: won't come over
3: scott derrickson yeah yeah that's the guy who. Won't that's come the over. guy
4: won't, he just won't. we tried yeah he doesn't want to like no he doesn't i don't think he likes us a, we love him i know
3: sinister what, what is that uh isn't that like the scariest scientifically proven the scariest movie ever made apparently
2: it was
3: yeah i think it still is i think most recently they just reannounced announced it it's still topping the the list of scariest movies like i say where pe- yeah, get people get people to there. wear hot heart monitors and stuff. didn't they do that with paranormal activity too like hook people up I to heart like, monitors. yeah yeah I think, all- I think
2: the most recent one is they said it's host i mean they question the whole study because it's, it's all subjective right right it's like what scares you the loud the loud a scary cat that jumped.
3: Right, that yeah. Scared,
2: or scare, or the setup, you know, or like the reveal, you know? Yeah,
3: that's true. So I think
2: for different people, it plays out differently. So I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, measuring heart rate to on Apple Watch. And I, I don't, it's a very hard study to make conclusive notes on, you know?
3: October 13th, they've already uh, announced back on uh, New York Comic Con that Bloody Disgusting and Shudder have teamed up for the 7th vhs film coming out in 2024 and it's a sci-fi theme
4: oh yes
3: who would you like to see do a vhs short lauren
4: mike flanagan diablo diablo cody very cool
3: jennifer
2: kent i'd be like a whole different yeah I i would love James Cameron, and I know that's a weird one.
3: Wow, that'd be interesting, though, man.
2: Yeah, think of all the technology he's he's worked with. Now, strip it all away because now he has to be, you know, more practical, you know, like old school, you know.
3: Or use all that technology to do a short story, a short horror story would be fascinating. Right. I think Patrick Wilson would do a good job. I loved uh, the latest Insidious film. And I think he would be he would be really good at, at doing an entry. Yeah. I'd love to see him play. James Wan, obviously. Yeah. Oz Perkins, I think, think, would do amazing. Oh, yeah. David Robert Mitchell. It follows, right? Ari Aster would be great. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Like, I love storytelling so much in that anthology format. I'm, like, obsessed with it. I don't... I'm trying to figure out what, like I was trying to think about like what it is. This genre has such a cool way of being able to creep you out with what isn't seen. And in a short story, they tend to leave a lot to the imagination and leave lingering plot lines that you get to marinate on afterwards and take with you. That just makes horror anthology stories unique in that sense. It gives them their own personality. And I find that with the comic book versions of anthologies too, like going back to Tales from the Crypt and all the easy comic stuff.
2: I don't know if it was VHS 2 or 3 viral, or one of the earlier ones. And I think it might have been either Simon Barrett or, um, I don't remember who it was, that made the, the segment with the alien invasion. Oh yeah. And the whole movie shot through the, the GoPro that they snapped on the dog's
3: collar. Yes. Yeah, you're so, right. It was, was first. So cool. I think it was first or second. Yeah.
2: So it's just it's just the creativity that these guys, you know, get to work, get to work with and just the ideas and, you know, so, yeah, I would like to see one or two big names like just completely like Spielberg even. I would love to see Spielberg do something, you know,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. just
2: like, 20 minute whatever 15 minutes however long they are i would love to see what can they do in the horror space you know
3: i've been watching some of the new creep show on shutter uh, season four just came back oh, after yeah. two years so it's six episodes each have two uh, two short stories nicotero's directing some justin dick john esposito and the debut nice. episode is written by jamie flanagan
2: oh very cool
3: and it's called Twenty Minutes with Cassandra and it stars Samantha Sloyan. Yeah, it's so from Midnight Mass. Awesome. And Ruth Cod from Midnight Club and now Fall of the House of Usher. Practical creature effects. It's it's yeah. it's fantastic. The, the whole the creep show series. I love that we get to experience that anthology in this day and age. Uh, thanks to Shudder. It is so, so fun. What else is it gonna say? Oh, Fall of the House of Usher. We started watching it. Leo, have you been watching Fall of the House of Usher? Have you explored no, all of it? We haven't started it yet. We started it. We kickstarted it and we feel so bad because we've wanted to spend so much time with it. And we've started and then things are coming up in the middle and we don't want any spoilers. And now on social media they're starting to hit hit everybody with the spoilers, I so know. we're trying to avoid it. It's really, really hard. But we just want to like give that show all our attention. So we've only made it through a few episodes. So far, and it is. Oh my god, it's it's the best. Oh, thing it is. It's the best thing ever.
2: Amazing. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, because I have so many distractions going on right now. Yeah, I'm like waiting for like I need time to watch this.
3: Yeah, exactly. You gotta devote
2: it. I know, I know. There's references to all sorts of post stories and books, and so I really want to digest it and enjoy it. You know, like, and yeah, definitely avoid spoilers, man.
3: Special thanks, uh, special shout out, actually, to local boogeyman and Francis Calupi, whose uh, Francis's debut movie, The Last Stop in Yuma County, went to Sitkiss and won the Best Film Award.
4: Hell yeah, it did. <laughs> it's so awesome. Of course so it did. Awesome. It's so good.
3: It's been only doing uh, festival runs and small uh, screenings and, and so far, and we got a chance to see it. And it's so awesome. It's just kind of like a neo-noir, really character-driven piece. And it has so many great actors and performances. Richard Brake has got to be one of the most terrifying actors on the face of the planet.
4: Yeah, he yeah. makes me feel so uncomfortable He's right scary
3: now. in everything he's in. I almost can't handle it. And, of course, Jocelyn Donahue, who is one of the most captivating yes. actors That I've ever seen there's something about the uh, there's something about the way I don't know maybe it's her voice uh, her timing and her approach to characters and what she does but it's like the world shuts out and you go wherever her character is instantly that i just it's like a magic spell and she is she's on full force in this in this film and then jim cummings who plays a knife salesman who kind of walks into this situation at this diner yeah and it just it's it's never boring for one second and you're going to be able to get to see it and celebrate it along with us local boogeyman sold his house to help fund it oh my gosh <laughs> And he did it. He he made a very good decision. It is not money lost. Uh, They've created an extraordinary piece of work that will be around forever. And I know is just the first in many incredible things to come.
4: Like, I love seeing the excitement. Like, when he talks about that film, it's like he's talking about, like, his baby. Yes. And... He was, before we saw it, like, um, he was like, no, this is, like, so good, like, and I'm like, I was so excited, and when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, it is so good. Yeah. That's it's like Francis' first movie, like, what the hell?
3: And Francis is, like, the coolest guy ever. He knows everything about movies. He's like a cinephile yeah and you know. this really pays tribute to all the things that he loves and that you listening love it's in really
4: cool shots in the film mm. just very cinematic very beautiful oh, I can't wait for you all to see it
3: mm-hmm. write that and, one
4: you know,
2: down and as, as a as a writer director he he um understood the assignment when he came to his two leads you know there, there's a lot of actors in this movie Alex Alex Esso is in it and um uh, what's his name from the Sacrament?
3: Uh, Gene uh, Jones.
2: Gene Jones. Yeah, there's there's a big cast in this movie of of, of uh, horror actors and
3: Barbara Crampton's he, in
2: it. It's right, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, and he he understood the assignment of like, hey, I'm gonna get the the captivating actress uh, that is Jocelyn Donahue and Richard Brake, and and there's if you notice in the movie there were like great tight up close shots of them, you know, and they're expressing the emotion of what they're being ruthless and terrifying or scared and trying to be smart about the situation like you know they just the subtleties in their face and their reactions it's like they were so
3: good to watch all those actors square off against each other is so fun there's another one I'm really looking forward to seeing that I haven't seen yet maybe you listening have seen it's it been doing a festival run and that's David Desmalch in late night with the devil I've heard only what Roy Lee told us, Leo and Lauren, right. that it was going to blow our minds. And people who are seeing it are saying exactly that. I still have not watched any clips or any trailer. If I don't even know if there is one. I'm not going to look for one. I want to kind of go into this as dark as possible because I want to be surprised right. by everything. I love David Desmolchin. I know it's going to be awesome and it's executive produced by Joel Anderson who gave us Lake Mungo in 2008 and then just disappeared and this is I think it's like his first thing this is one of the first times I've seen his name since Lake Mungo that says something as far as I know no release date yet I think it started playing in in festivals back in March so it's been out around but and I, I didn't I don't even know if it played on any of the festivals that have happened here in LA over the past year not that I know of.
2: Nothing, yeah.
4: Not that I've seen.
3: Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. And then David's got a it's bunch of projects, to too. Oh, it's December, really? December
2: release. Oh, cool. I mean, man, isn't that what Royal Roy, Roy Lee said? It was, was going to be December release? Or end of the year or man? Like
3: yeah, I don't know. That was a while back, so things could have changed. But, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it'd be nice yeah. to see that thing sooner than later. Why not Halloween? Put it on Halloween. Spooky season, come on. Um, but while we're on the topic of David, he just released a comic book called Headless Horseman. It's an anthology book. He's got a story in it with, uh, with Leah Kilpatrick, who's an awesome comedian, writer, personality, and they put together a story in this anthology comic, Headless Horseman. It's five horror stories. That's out on Dark Horse Comics. And there's also a David Dasmolch and Vamp team up. Put out by Monster Forge Comics, and it's called the Ghosts Halloween Special, issue one, globalcomics.com. That's what it is. G-L-O-B-A-L-C-O-M-I-X.com. And you could read this online comic with there he is right there. Count Crowley and Dr. Fearless and Vamp and a bunch of other horror hosts. It's about uh, investigator Nita Haas is drawn into a decades-old missing child case when she sent a mysterious VHS tape featuring horror hosts Count Crowley, Vamp, Dr. Fearless, Desdemona, Uncle Monster, and Miss Halloween. The hosts do what they can to guide her recovery mission. But even with their help, Nita might find herself lost in a Halloween nightmare if she can't solve this case. So there's some uh, spooky fun to be had there. That's pretty awesome. Valentine's Day. We just got that little teaser clip. And the announcement that Lisa Frankenstein, written by Diablo Cody, directed by Zelda Williams, starring Catherine Newton, Carla Gugino, and Cole Sprouse, will drop on Valentine's Day next year.
2: What a cast, man.
3: So good. I I mean, I already know it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Nothing Diablo has done has been anything other than... The best thing ever. Yeah. What else are you excited about? Strangers, the trilogy. We've been seeing clips from that. That's been posted out there. Rennie Harlan, who did Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master, and Die Hard 2, and Cliffhanger, is at the helm of these. And as far as I, What were you going to say, Leo?
2: I'm really intrigued because it's a a trilogy that they filmed, and I'm wondering, are they going to release all three at one shot, or one a month, or one a year? Like, what's, what's the story... But apparently, like, once the first movie ends, the the next two follow the aftermath of what happens, you know? And he says that it was such a good, cool concept, great concept, how it worked out, that he's he's excited to shoot more. He wants to do more. So I'm really
3: intrigued of what this movie is going to give us. I've heard, I've read, that it follows, it's in the same universe as the other ones, too. So it doesn't like cancel out. Oh, interesting! Yeah, what we've seen already, and start from the very beginning. That it's it's there's some continuity there. At least this is what I've read. Oh, cool! Which would be interesting. That that oh, I mean, gosh, the 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 Stranger Universe as it exists already are some of the most scary movies ever. Terrifier three. We're gonna see the trailer. It's gonna debut November first during the re-release of Terrifier two.
4: I'm sure it's going to be a bloody mess. It's going to be gross and disgusting. And we're all going to be like, how the fuck did he think of this?
3: Yeah. He's going to have to top so much craziness and it's going to actually get a, a theatrical wide release in
4: 2024.
2: It's going to be
3: big. do it in 3D, 4DX. Yeah. There you go. 40x. if you were to see it.
2: Any plans for Halloween? Oh. Huh. It is That's the question I get all day long from everybody. They're like, Oh, it's your guys' big day, and I'm like, Yeah, I stay home and shit off the TV and do
3: nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, by the time Halloween rolls by, yeah. we've been doing stuff since August. It's a craziness. Yeah, it's pretty relentless up until Halloween, and then when the day gets here, it's like, Oh my god. Even even going out and trick or treating sounds like hell.
4: But you know, it is one of our kids' birthdays. It's true. And so it will always be a special day. But yeah, we are celebrating her because that's what she wants and it's her special day. We're going to go trick-or-treating and at my brother and sister-in-law's house. They always throw her birthday party and this year she's bringing a friend, her best friend, and we're going to... Celebrate them both and I'm looking forward to it.
3: And hopefully we'll be able to get in maybe one or two more haunts before the end of the uh haunt season would be nice. I hope so. Got a couple we got our eyes on.
4: It's like eight days left.
3: Uh, Seven, eight. Yeah, but the haunt season carries into November now. Well into November. Mid to end November, you can still do creepy shit. Yeah. We plan on doing a lot of that creepy shit. Leo, how about you, man? What are you gonna do for Halloween?
2: Uh, nothing. You know, oddly enough, um, my neighborhood is quiet because it's in a weird location so we don't get many kids around here, no trick-or-treaters. It's just quiet, you know, but you know, I stay home and I just put on whatever movie's playing on you know, and, like, like, there's no, like, special programming or anything. I'm just trying to figure out what movie fits the vibe, you know, like, what, what what's, what's a good movie to watch tonight, you know, like, what's a, you know, and that's it watch a movie maybe two and that's it just call it call it a night and sit on the computer and listen to Ghost to Ghost AM and people tell their scary stories from across the world you know
3: I would would have one movie recommendation actually I was thinking about this for Halloween and maybe you remember this Lauren it was something Lydia Hurst recommended to us and it was called The Haunted it was a Screamfest movie from 2020 directed by david holroyd and it's about a young caregiver who's left alone to face a spirit in an old like countryside house Do you remember this one vaguely it's like an amazing amazing ghost story and it's a movie that isn't talked about like ever because and there's also a lot of movies called The Haunted. Like if you look for for this streaming, yeah. you got to you got to find the exact one because there's a lot of them called The Haunted, but David Holroyd's The Haunted. A strong strong recommendation on that one. You guys got any before we go here any uh, horror recommendations that you think would be great Halloween watches, whether it's mainstream or a little under the radar or anything?
4: Totally killer.
3: Perfect, takes place in Halloween. Kiernan Shipka.
4: Hocus Pocus, I'm sure. I've heard of that one. I'm sure nobody has
3: heard Some of that obscure one. little film called Hocus <laughs> Pocus, an indie uh, <laughs> yeah. indie gateway horror film. Leo, any uh, parting recommendations?
2: The Autopsy of Jane Doe.
3: Yeah, that's a great one.
2: I mean, just watching Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox, most of the movies, just them too, you know, and What Unfolds is pretty creepy and on vibe with the Halloween, you know, theme I like watching the restored version of *Night of the Living Dead*. I don't know if you guys ever seen that the four K version or whatever it is. No. It just looks it looks weird because you know everything that looks everything that's been restored looks like like it almost looks fake, but it's not, you know. But it's it's nice to see the old school makeup and.
3: Oh yeah, God in four K. I bet you yeah. see every all all the warts and all, yeah. right? Oh yeah. All right, guys.
2: And uh, I think a, a revisit to like a movie. uh, The Irish uh, version of A Dark Song. I think that movie is fantastic. Very creepy.
3: If you haven't seen A Dark Song, definitely get on that. Well, we're going to be back very soon with a chat with Joe Lynch. that will probably be more interesting than listening to us. Yap. Thanks for putting up with us. Thank you. Till next time, that was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 405. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, this is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, it is the Boo Crew saying...
4: Sweet screams.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren
2: A bloody disgusting podcast network home of the boo crew for horror centric interviews scp archives weekly full cast storytelling <laughs> horror queers genre commentary from an lgtbq perspective and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts